verses 13 this morning, and this is a tough week. Uh, between Christmas and New Year's, it's always a, uh, a tough week. Like I said, a lot of people are still uh, traveling to see families and things. you got a lot of people out of church. Everybody's mind has been on the, uh, the holiday and being together and with family. And the most time, time it's all over, you're kind of tired. Uh, but the Lord, I've uh, been praying, the Lord give me what He wanted me to preach today. And uh, the Lord, uh, uh, He led me here to Genesis chapter 13 this morning. And I want to try to bring a message from Genesis 13 this morning. And verse 1, And the Bible said, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him unto the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai, and unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also which went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents, and the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together. For their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle, and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Pezerite dwelt them in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart unto the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan. It was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou cometh to Zohar. And then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east and separated themselves the one from the other. And Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Thank you. You may be seated. Our Father, as we come this morning, Lord, we thank You. As already been said this morning, for the beautiful day the Lord has made. We thank You, Father, that the church doors are wide open. And Lord, that people have come in today to worship the Lord. And we ask You today to bless Your church today. Uh, the true church of God, wherever it might be in this world. Whatever name it might be gone under. We know that in this world there is a true church. Uh, that belongs to God. And we know there's a lot of false churches. Uh, the devil has his churches. But we're thankful that, Lord, there is a true church in this world that the Lord loved and gave Himself for. And fathers, we come this morning. We thank You, Lord, for the lady that was saved that we could present the Bible to. Thank You for the good singing and the good testimony this morning. And now we come today, Lord, hungry. And we pray you'll give us something out of your word that we can leave here, Lord, in just a little while and have something, Lord, hit in our heart that it might take out with us. We pray for the lost that might be here today. God would continue to have mercy upon them, convict their hearts, uh, show them their need of a loving Savior, and may they come before it's everlasting too late. Lord, I say today what the Bible said I can boldly say the Lord is my helper. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Thank you for giving me that part within that cannot sin. And I thank you that you've made provisions for the part that can. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to preach this morning out of this chapter concerning Lot. Lot was Abraham's nephew. I'm sure you know that. And most of what we ever hear about Lot is always bad. Never hear anything good about Lot. Uh, in our reading today, we realize that Lot made a bad choice. 
there in Genesis 13 and verse 11, the Bible said, Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. Now Abraham said, Lot, he said, uh, You take whatever you want, and I'll take what's left. Lot was a good, godly uh, Christian man. Lot's uncle Abraham was. And so Lot, he chose the best looking. He chose the most well watered. He chose the greenest. He chose that which would uh, help him down here earthly. But the Bible said, Abraham said, you take what you want, I'll take what's left. And so when Lot made his choice, the Bible said down in verse 15, God said to Abraham, he said, all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it unto thy seed forever. So you got Lot who makes an earthly choice and he has it for a little while, not long. And he loses everything that he has. But you got Abraham that made a spiritual choice uh, and God said, Abraham, what you've chose, it's yours forever. It'll always belong to you. It'll always be yours. Now I said that to say this, that the most important things that we choose in this life are spiritual things. They last forever. Earthly things are only fleeting. Lot made a bad choice. And then not only did he make a bad choice, but on down in verse 13, the Bible said that Sodom was filled with wicked sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Not only did he make a bad choice, but he moved to a bad city. He moved to a bad city. Anytime anytime that you move to a place that the Lord says is full of sinners exceedingly wicked, is some place you don't need to be. And then not only did Lot do that, but when we go all the way over to chapter 19, we find out that Lot had a bad conclusion. Amen. Didn't end up well with him. Uh, The Bible says there, it's a terrible thing, that the Bible said there in chapter 19, verse 32, uh, the Bible said Lot and his two girls, they... They have, uh, they have went on their way. The mother has been turned to a pellet of salt. And uh, they've went out to a little place called Zor. And the Bible says they go out there and a terrible thing happens. The Bible said in verse 32 that one of the, one of the girls said, Come, let us make our father drink wine and we will lie with him that we may preserve seed of our father. What a terrible thing incest, about as ungodly as you can get. Uh, Amen. And so they made their father drink wine. Always wondered where they got that wine. They had to bring it out with them. They had to bring it out with them. And so uh, Sodom had had an ungodly effect on them. And the Bible said they made their father drink wine that night and the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he perceived not when she laid down, nor when she arose. Verse 35 said, And they made their father drink wine that night also. Must have had a bunch of it. And the younger rose and lay with him, and he perceived not when she laid down, nor when she arose. Thus were both the daughter of Lot with child by their father, and the firstborn by her son, and they called his name Moab. Read about him in the Bible. The other one in verse 38 was called Amnon. And uh, so I said all that to say this this morning, that most of the time when we hear a sermon about Lot, and when we hear preaching about Lot, uh, it's always bad things. Uh, Somebody said, I think I remember my grandmother saying this years ago, and she said there's some good in everybody. Uh, Well, I don't know about that. Amen. Uh, I don't know if everybody's got some good in them or not. I know there's some people like God talked about here that sinners exceedingly wicked before the Lord. Uh, and uh, some of the acts they do and things they commit, you wonder if there's any good in them at all. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about the good that's in Lot uh, uh, altogether. But I want to preach this morning on this thought, three good things about Lot. Three good things about Lot. You say, what could be good about Lot? Well, first of all, Lot had a good, wonderful uncle named Abraham. When we first meet him, he's called Abram. 
Later on, he changes his name to Abraham. Uh, Mays Jackson said that over there in that chapter uh, where that Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek, uh, and he said after Abraham paid his tithes, uh, God put a ham on his name. Amen. I like that. Uh, but I want you to know this morning that Abraham was a good man. The Bible said in verse 1 of chapter 13, And Abram went out, up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot went with him unto the south. Uh, now let me just stop to say this, Brother Billy. I know Abraham was a good man. I know he was a godly man. I know he was a wise man. You say why he went south. Amen. Did you ever notice everybody, I mean, I got friends up north, but they're different. Uh, they're different up there, amen. Uh, good folks, but they just don't have that southern hospitality. They don't act like people down in the south act up there. The Bible said that Abraham went south. Why is it you say, well, I got some people that live up north and they, they like up there where they live. They talk about the north like we do the south. When's the last time you ever heard somebody say, I'm going to take a vacation in Michigan? Nobody ever wants to go north. The only reason they go north is because they left south to go north to find a job because there wasn't any down here. And everybody I ever met that went north, all they talk about, I got preacher friends that went north, and all they ever talk about is if they can ever get back south again. Amen. The Bible said Abraham that he went north. Abraham was a good, good uncle. Amen. I tell you, Lot was blessed to have a man like Abraham in his life. You say, why? Because Abraham knew God. Abraham was a praying man. Abraham, everywhere Abraham went, Abraham always was a building an altar. You never find Lot building any altars anywhere, but Abraham was always building altars. Uh, did you know it's a blessing to have a mother, father, or even an aunt, or an uncle, or a grandma, or a grandpa, or a stepdad, or a stepmom that knows God? Did you know that's a blessing? I said many years ago, I said this one morning preaching, I said the best thing that ever happened to some kids uh, is to get a good godly stepdad. Uh, uh, amen. Somebody loves God. Carry them to the house of God. Teach them about the things of God uh, uh, because they didn't have a daddy like that. Abraham, uh, Abraham was a blessing. Abraham was a good thing uh, in the life of Lot. Uh, you say, why do you say that? Well, First of all, Abraham brought Lot with him. You see, Lot's daddy had just died. And when Abraham, when God spoke to Abraham and told him to leave, the Bible says there in Genesis 12, the Bible says there, and I want to read this, it said, So Abraham, verse 4, departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. Now you do know God didn't tell him to take Lot. No, the Lord didn't tell him that. He said, the Lord said in verse 1, And the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred, from thy father's house, into a land that I will show thee. God never told Abraham to take Lot, but he took him anyway, and it was always a thorn in his side. It was always a problem, but still it was good of Abraham to take him. Amen. That was his brother's boy. Now verse 4 sounds like, that Lot may have just went because the Bible says, and Lot went with him. We might believe that if it wasn't for verse 5. Verse 5 said, Abram took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son. So we find here that Abraham, that he took Lot with him when he left. Amen. That's good that Lot would have a wonderful uncle like Abraham that would uh, care about him and take him under his wing and be with him, amen. That was a good thing in the life of Lot. But not only did he take him with him, but Brother Mark, I believe he blessed him, amen. you say why, because we read over there in verse 2, Abraham was rich in cattle and in silver. Now let me say this, uh, it don't never hurt to have a rich uncle, amen. The Bible said Abraham was rich in cattle and in silver. 
But then it says down in verse 5, And Lot also which went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents. Uh, I just I just believe this. I believe that Abraham uh, uh, he shared some of his riches with Lot. Uh, uh, Lot may have got some from his departing daddy, but I believe I believe that Abraham gave him some of his riches. Amen. Shared some of God's blessings with him, uh, and that was a good thing. Amen. We find over there in chapter fourteen that Lot gets in trouble. And uh, the Bible says that Lot gets in trouble there in chapter 14. uh, And there's nine kings uh, uh, that's listed there uh, in chapter 14 that went down uh, to try to help Lot out. Look at it there. See what happened was they came and they raided Sodom and Gomorrah and they kidnapped Lot so to speak. But the Bible says there in verse 8, And there went out of the king of Sodom and the king of Gomorrah and the king of Admai, and the king of Zebulun, and the king of Belial, the same as Zor, and they joined battle with them in the vile of, of Sidon. Now watch this. The Bible said in verse 10, and the, and the vale of Sidon was full of slime pits. The, that's a picture of the world. The world is always full of slime pits. Amen. And he said, and all the, and he said that they went down there, and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled and fell there, and they remained fled unto the mountain. Now notice this: there were nine kings that went out of there to try to rescue Lot. They all failed. You know why? Because those were all worldly kings. They were all uh, uh, worldly earthly people. Did you know that the people of God, uh, uh, they're never going to be helped by the world? Uh, do you know when that Lot got help? It was when Abraham, Uncle Abraham saddled up uh, and Uncle Abraham went down there. And you know what that's a picture of? Uh, uh, that is a picture of a child of God don't need to look to the world to get their help. Uh, I tell you, you need to get your help from God. You need to get your help from the church. You need to get your help from the people of God. Well, I could take the next 30 minutes and talk about how God's blessed me. And you know wherever blessing come from, it all came from the cross. It all came through the church. It all came through Christians and people of God. And did you know that's where God wants us to get our help from? Amen. You say why? Because when we get our help from God, when we get our help from the church, when we get our help from other Christians, God gets the glory out of it. If you get your help from some worldly organization, you know who gets the glory out of it? That worldly organization gets the glory out of it and not God. Man come to me one time and and he was wanting to talk to me about uh, the Masons, Masonic Lodge, and all that, and uh, and I've I've studied a lot of that. I had friend preacher friends that was in it, and all different things like that. And I didn't want to get into an argument with them anything. And they said, "Well, said what do you got wrong with them?" I said, "Just one thing." I, I said, whenever, uh, whenever your help comes through the church, I, I said, God gets the glory for it. Uh, uh, but if your help comes through a club, uh, that club gets the glory for it. Amen. Uh, I want God to get all the glory, amen, of anything and good in my life because the Bible said that every uh, good and perfect gift, uh, it came down from above. Amen. Uh, if it's good, God gave it to you. Amen. Lot had a good, wonderful uncle. He fought for Lot. Amen. The Bible said there in chapter 14 that he went down there and he fought for Lot. He rescued Lot, so to speak. Uh, isn't it good like she is talking about there? Isn't it good to have a mom or dad go to bat for you? I pray for you, get in your corner and thank God there's been a, many a young man, many young woman's been rescued because they had somebody in their corner that knew God and loved them. Amen. Thank God this morning. Abraham fought for him. You got anybody in your life ever fought for you? What about the Lord? Amen. 
but not only the Lord, there's been good people that knew the Lord that that took up your cause, that prayed for you, that stood up for you when others were running you down. And I tell you, boy, it's a good thing to have somebody like that in your corner. And then the Bible said, you know, Abraham, Abraham, the Bible said that he was a friend of God. <laughs> boy, it's a good thing to have a friend that is a friend of God. <laughs> Amen. You say, well, I know I know I got a friend and he knows a governor. I got a friend and he knows some people in high places. I got a friend that ain't nobody no higher place than him. Amen. I, I'm glad, thank God, uh, uh, that I got a friend like Jesus. And did you know that Abraham was such a friend to God uh, uh, that God wouldn't do anything without telling Abraham about it first? God said, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to destroy that wicked Sodom. I'm going to destroy that wicked Gomorrah. And God said, wait a minute, we better tell Abraham about it. He said, I want to tell Abraham about it because he said, I know this about Abraham. Uh, he said, Abraham will, will teach his children right. Abraham will... Uh, correct his children right. Abraham would deal with his children right. And so they go down there and they said, uh, God's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. It's so wicked and ungodly that the smell of it is coming up in the nostrils of God. And he sent us down here to see if it's really as bad uh, as uh, what we hear. And they found out it's worse. Amen. People say, well, our country's really getting bad. I wonder if it's bad as what we hear. It's worse. It's worse. We ain't heard the half of it. Amen. But when they told Abraham in verse 22 of chapter 18, the Bible said Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Abraham said, wait a minute. I got a nephew down there, Lot. I got him and his families down there. I know they're out of the will of God, but I still love them. I still care about them. I'm still interceding to God for them. So Abraham went and stood before God and Abraham began to intercede in behalf of what? Can I tell you that's a good thing to have somebody in your life that will intercede to God. Amen. Not everybody prays. I had a fellow years ago that come and he had got his life messed up and he come down to the front of the church and he said, Brother Rick, he said, I just feel like I need to tell everybody what I've done. I said, don't do it. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, most of the people don't care what you've done. They ain't going to pray for you. They're just going to gossip about it. I, I said, pick you out four or five people you know that really prays and really knows God I, and tell them about it and get them to praying for you. And I said, that would be a whole lot better than telling the whole church. I, I'll tell you, in 40 years of preaching, I've heard a lot of things that was told to the whole church uh, that shouldn't have been told to the whole church. Amen. Uh, it wasn't meant for the whole church to know it. But Abraham went down there and he got before God and he said, God, peradventure, uh, he said, God, if you were to go down there and find 50 righteous people, would you spare that ungodly city? And God said, I'll do it. God said, I'll do it. Abraham said, God, he said, uh, if you were to go down there and you were like five, finding 50, uh, he said, if you found 45 down there, he said, God, would you uh, not destroy that wicked city? And God said, I'll do it. He said, if you can find 45 down there, God said, I'll do it. Abraham, he's interceding but for Lot. Uh, and he says, God, uh, he said, if you were to go down there and find 40 down there, uh, he said, God, uh, he said, would you let Lot, would, would you let Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot and them slide by? And God said, I'll do it. God said, I'll do it. Abraham went down there and Abraham said, God, if you went down there and you only found 30, he said, God, would you let them go? And God said, if I find 30 righteous people down there, God said, I won't destroy this place. Abraham still interceding for God and, and very carefully Abraham said, God, uh, if you find 20 down there, uh, would you let them go? Uh, and God said, if I could find 20 down there that lived right, he said, I'd let them go. You see, God ain't half, uh, God ain't half, uh, 
God ain't half as bad of wanting to destroy this world as some man is. Amen. The Bible said he said that Abraham do I, I'm sure Abraham saying do I dare do it do I dare go any farther do I dare push him any farther and he said God uh, Abraham said wait a minute I know Lot's down there I know his wife's down there I know he's got two daughters maybe uh, they took husbands maybe they had some youngins uh, uh, he said maybe maybe there'd be ten of them he said God uh, if you find ten down there would you let it go and God said if I find ten down there God said I'll let it go don't mess this great point God never did quit Abraham did you say why you say that because God's a lot more merciful than man is amen and so we see that Abraham he was he was lots good wonderful uncle and he interceded for God. Amen. It's good to have somebody like Uncle Abraham in your life. And then you said, you said three things. That's right. Genesis 19 verse 1 said, And there came two angels to Sodom at evening. Not only did Lot have a good, wonderful uncle, but I want you to know that Lot, uh, he has a good warning uh, that's urgent to him. Uh, uh, God didn't have to warn him. Uh, God didn't have to talk to Abraham. Uh, uh, God could have burnt the place up uh, and uh, he had been justified in doing it. God didn't have to do that. Uh, but it was good of God to give Lot a warning. Amen. Uh, uh, did you know I don't think I've hardly ever seen God. I've never seen God do anything to anybody without God first gave them some warnings. Amen. Uh, uh, God always gives uh, some warnings. Uh, you say, well, preacher, I know somebody. They just died suddenly. God didn't give them no warning. How you know he didn't? The Bible said in Proverbs 29 verse 1, He that being often reproved, uh, hardened his heart, shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. God gave him a lot of warnings. Amen. But that was good of God to give a good warning urgent to Lot. Don't you think it's good of God to give lost sinners in a service like this Sunday after Sunday good, strong, urgent warnings? Don't you think it's good of God to send two men down to your door and knock on the door and try to tell you about Jesus and give you a gospel tract and share scripture with you? Don't you think that's good of God to send somebody down to your house like that? Amen. Listen, I thank God for every witness God ever put in my life. Amen. I was saved at 10, but I backslid, got away from the Lord about 16, on to about 23 and uh, this little old boy, man, worked there at the factory we uh, all worked with, Brother Eddie Jones. Uh, Brother Eddie was uh, he a little short guy, but everybody knew Bill. Eddie was a Christian. Everybody knew that Eddie lived right and done right and talked right. One day I started to the car, and I didn't even know him. I heard somebody hollering at me, and I stopped and turned around. There's little old Eddie come up there, and he said, I just want to ask you something. He said, I just want to ask you something. Have you ever been saved? And boy, when he said that, when you're backslidden, even though you are saved, when somebody asks you, it's almost like you ain't saved. Amen. Because you're so cold, you ain't felt God, you ain't talked to God, you ain't read the Bible, you ain't been to church, you ain't been nothing. So the first thing pops up in your mind is a big question mark, and you say, am I or ain't I? Amen. Well, thank God that he sends some witnesses down to our house. I know old Bill Gillock's in heaven tonight, and uh, I know that uh, Bill, I always said it right here in his church many times, he was thankful to God that one night that two men came down to his house, uh, Greg Bailey and Mike Gibson, they came down there. Bill and Gene was eating supper. Bill had almost died with spinal meningitis, just the mercy and grace of God. He made it through. Uh, and they went down there and they was eating supper and they let them in. Uh, they got to talking to them about fishing and everything else. Uh, but it finally got around to God. Uh, and before they left the house, Gene and Bill had both got down in the floor and both trusted Christ as their Savior had both got saved and came to this church. I, I worked in 
this church, drove the church bus, I, I'm blessing in a thousand other ways, but I've heard Bill say many times, I, I'm thankful for them two guys that came down there and warned me. Amen. You see, this was a personal witness. The Bible said they came, two angels, to Sodom at evening, and Lot sat in the gate. They come to war a lot. They didn't come to warn anybody else. Go to a service like this. You can have two people sitting right beside each other. And one of them, God's ripping his heart out. And he's a crying and a shaking. And the one right beside him, he's thinking about McDonald's or Cracker Barrel or where he's going to eat afterwards. And they're right there beside each other. Why is that? I'll tell you why that is. Because God came to warn that fella. Amen. God came to do madness with that fella there. I want you to know that it was a personal witness. You remember when God sent you a warning? Amen. I remember when God sent me one as a 10-year-old boy in that church house full of people. It felt like I was the only one there. Amen. It was like God and me were one-on-one there. Amen. That's the way God does it. It was a personal witness and it was a powerful witness. You say, why do you say that? Look at verse 10. I'm in chapter 19. The Bible said they went down there and there's a little bit transpires between verse 10. There's a bunch of sodomites and these exceedingly wicked people there. And by the way, I didn't, I didn't call them that. God did. He said they were exceedingly wicked. And they went down there and because they saw two strange men come in there, two men that they didn't know, so to speak, and they went down there and they was trying to get Lot to turn them two men over to them. But I'm glad that these two men were a powerful witness. You say why? Because when Lot went out there, and you see how far Lot's failed, because when Lot goes out there, he said, leave these two men alone. Don't bother them. I've got two daughters that have never known a man. I'll bring them out to you. You can have your way with them, but let these two men alone. Now that's bad. That's bad. But I do see a little sliver of good in that. Lot knew the things of God was more important than anything else. God said, don't touch these messengers. They're God's messengers. And so the Bible said that the men pressed upon him. They pressed upon him. These are wicked sinners, violent sinners. These are like the people in that Black Lives Matter crowd that's looting and knocking in windows and tearing up buildings and burning down things. They're a wicked, violent crowd. And they would have, they would have busted the door in, probably killed Lot. No telling what they'd done. But the Bible said them men put forth their hand and they pulled Lot into the house and shut the door. Aren't you glad there's been times that you had a witness uh, uh, that was so powerful that he could pull you in uh, out of the danger, pull you in uh, and shut the door so nobody else could get to you. Amen. Amen. These were powerful angels. Amen. Not only was they powerful enough to pull Lot in, but they had supernatural powers that they smote those men with blindness. They couldn't even find the door. Aren't you glad that we got a, a good friend that has supernatural powers? It is able sometimes to do things to rescue you and me. Have you ever had anything happen in your life that was unexplainable? You knew it had to be the hand of God, the intervention of God. I'm glad God's got some people like that. Amen. Amen. Powerful. I'll tell you something else about these. They were patient. I mean, they went down there. They come a long ways. They've been through a lot trying to get the lot. They told Lot what was going to happen and you'd have thought Lot would have went running out of the city. Just like you'd think sinners when you tell them God's going to destroy this world. 
that this world is going to melt with a fervent heat and the elements thereof are going to be dissolved, you think they'd run down to this altar. But you couldn't pull them down here with a bulldozer. There's no urgency about it. You see, this was a good, urgent warning, but they were patient. They were patient. I don't know too many people, one or two maybe, I don't know too many people that got saved the first time God ever dealt with them. Aren't you glad God was patient? Aren't you glad after you denied the Lord once that the Lord didn't smite you dead right there, although He could have been justified? No, they were patient. Look at it. The Bible said they were patient, and it said in verse 16, while Lot lingered. They done told him all this. They done told him what he needed to do. They done told him God's going to destroy his place. And the Bible said while he lingered, the man laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife, upon the hand of his two daughters. The Lord, watch it, being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. You know what Lot's doing? He's still lingering. He said, Lot, get out of this place. And notice what Lot said in verse 20. Lot said, they're, they're on the way out. And Lot said, don't make me leave the city. Don't make me leave this big city. I wouldn't give you a dime for every big city in this world. The bigger the city, the worse the sin. The bigger the city, the more wicked the wickedness. But you see, Lot had went down there and Lot had got to liking some things about wicked Sodom and wicked Gomorrah. He didn't want to leave. You know why some people don't get saved? They don't want to leave their sin. Watch what he says. He said, uh, Behold now, verse 20, he said, uh, this city is near to flee unto, and it's a little one. It's a little one. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to justify his sin. Okay, Lord, I'll let the big, I'll let the big sin, I'll let Sodom and Gomorrah go, but let me hold on to this little one. It's a little one. That's what people do. They give up their drugs and their alcohol and other things they give up. But they got them little things they don't want to let go of. Lord, just let me keep this. Just let me have this one, Lord. Did you know? Did you you know? I never caught this till I studied this message. But that city was called Zoar. Look back in verse 10 of chapter 13. And the Bible said, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan. It was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zor. He seen that little city on the way down. Look in chapter 14, verse 8. And the king of Belah the same is Zoar. You know what Lot's still trying to do after all of this? You know what Lot's still trying to do? He's trying to look to the world for help. He still ain't learned it. Folks, listen to me. This world is not going to help you. This world hates you. This world is an enemy of God. And if you love God, this world's an enemy of you. And the Bible said if you love this world, you're an enemy of God. Amen. I love not the world, neither things that are in the world. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And the love of the Father is not in these things. You say, preacher, that mean I ain't supposed to love my car, my truck, my house? No, sir. It's a system. And if you love God, you hate this world's system. You hate this deep state stuff. You hate it. The only thing with Mr. Trump, I don't think he realized how deep the deep state was. It's wicked. It's ungodly. It's awful, amen. That, that bunch out there, they'll kill babies right and left. 
That bunch out there, they'll kick God out of every school they can get him out of. They'll destroy every King James Bible they can get their hands on. They'll close down every true church of God they is. Uh, you say, why? Because they hate God. They hate God. They hate God. They hate God. See, Lot, he still thinks he can get a little help there. Just a little one. Let me stay in this little one. Thank God he had some good patient witnesses. I'm glad God was patient with me because I acted foolish like that. I'd done some stuff like that. Still do sometimes. But I'm glad that God gave Lot a good warning that was urgent. I'm glad that Lot had a good, wonderful uncle named Abraham. You said you said three, preacher. That's right. Going to have to go all the way over to the New Testament. Listen to what God said in Second uh, Peter chapter two and verse five. It said, "And God spared not the whole world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example." unto those that after should live ungodly. I tell you, God left an example, but they didn't get it, did they? He says, and deliver just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Not only does Lot have a wonderful uncle, not only does Lot have a good warning, but Lot has a good word uttered about him by God. God said that. God said for Thy, this righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day. If it wasn't for God's good word stuck in Second Peter, you would not even know that Lot was a saved man. Because everything about Lot looks like a sinner. He wants to live with him. He wants to run with him. Everything's bad about Lot in that sense. But Lot, God spoke a good word about Lot. You say, what did God say? God said, this righteous man, except made him righteous. He said, dwelling among them. You know, there's a whole lot of people out there they don't talk like they're saved. They don't look like they're saved. They don't act like they're saved. They don't go where saved places does, but believe it or not, there's some of them out there that is saved. Amen. God says about Lot, you say, well, Brother Rick, I just don't see how they could be saved. They don't, they don't even have a testimony anybody would believe. Lot was that way. Look in Genesis 19. He goes out there to try to talk to his family. And in verse 14 of chapter 19 it said that Lot went out there and said, Get out of here. God's going to destroy this place. Watch it. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his son-in-laws. Lot was a saved man, but his testimony was not believable. Is your testimony believable? You better, you better have a believable testimony because it may stand between heaven and hell for your family. Did these fellows. Amen. Lot's testimony was not believable because of where he lived. Because of what he didn't condemn. I don't know that Lot partook any of this. We know he must have drank some because he took that wine out with him. But Lot is a saved man, but his testimony is not believable. It's not believable. He's a saved man. I don't believe he is, Brother Rick. 
Abraham said if he could find ten down there, God would destroy it. God said he'd find ten down there. He said, Abraham, if he's ten down there, I won't destroy it. And the Bible said God could not even find ten. You say, what's that mean? That means that Lot was a saved man, but he had no converts. Never won anybody to the Lord. Saved man, though. God gives us a good word about him. The Bible said the prayer, the righteous, the, the prayer, the effectual favorite prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I don't know any righteous men. But I know a whole lot of them's got one living inside of them. Amen. God leads you to pray and God gets into prayer. You ever got to pray and felt like the Lord just took over and the Lord's doing the praying? That's when praying gets good. That's when you're about to see something happen. That's about when prayer's going to get answered. Amen. The Bible said that this righteous man dwelling among them, seeing and hearing, what's this? God said, you might have thought it didn't bother him, but God said it did. Said he vexed his righteous soul. You can't be saved and have God living inside of you and some things not bother you. Somebody takes God's name in vain, man, that sets off something inside of you that bothers you. It may not bother you as much as it used to, but it ought to still bother you. Amen. You're watching a, a movie or a TV show. Everything's going good. And right in the middle of it, somebody starts black garden or some ungodly scene and that bothers you. And it ought to. That's a good thing. You say, wow, that means you got somebody inside of you besides you. Uh, Tammy Duff back there, she got, just got saved. She come to me one day after she got saved and she was uh, wanting to go somewhere and do something. And she said, Brother Rick, said, do, you think it, do you think it'd be okay for me to do this? I said, don't matter what I think. I said, you got saved, didn't you? And she said, yeah. I said, when you got saved, God put somebody inside of you that'll let you know if it's right or wrong. Just ask Him, He'll show you. Amen, amen, amen. The Bible said that he vexed his righteous soul when he saw that Sodomite crowd. It bothered him, amen. But it didn't bother him enough to get out of there or say anything about it. Amen. He has no saved converts. But you know what? The Bible said there in Genesis 19, talking about a good word God says about Lot. And God said, get out of here. The angel said, get out of here. Because he said, I can't destroy this place till you do. After that soaks in, somebody ought to say amen or shout. Because God's saying, that means the odds are going to get you out of here. Before God destroys this place, He's got to get you out of here. Amen. And the Bible said, watch it there. Look at Genesis 19. And verse 22, He said, Haste thee, escape hither, for I cannot do anything till thou come hither. I can't bring the judgment of God upon this place until I get you out. That's why I believe in the rapture. That's why I don't think I'm going through the tribulation. We've got, a, we've got quite a bit of tribulation right now. I'm probably going to have more, but it ain't the great tribulation. And the Bible said the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zohar. What's that telling us? That's telling us Lot made it out. God's saying... I got a lot out. But it's saying something else. It's a picture. It's an Old Testament picture of a New Testament reality. You say, where's it at? Look over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And this is talking about some of them fellows that are you wouldn't think they're saved. Some of them women you wouldn't think they're saved. 
but God knows they are. And here's what God says when they stand before Him someday. He said, If any man's work, verse 15, shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Lot is an Old Testament picture of a New Testament reality that there's a lot of people that say they're just as saved as you are. They don't live like it. They don't act like it. They don't talk like it. They don't smell like it. They don't look like it. But one day they're going to be saved so by fire they're not going to hell. But they're not taking anything to heaven with them. Lot did not get out of that place with one thing that he loved, he cherished, that made his wife turn around and want to go back. He didn't get out one thing. He lost everything. He lost his wife. He lost his relationship with his two daughters. He lost it all. But he didn't burn up in Sodom. Saved so as by fire. I'm preaching this morning about three good things about Lot. Lot had a he had a good uncle. He had somebody intercede for him. You got somebody like that interceding for you. Lot was given a good, strong, urgent warning. You had some of them too. Thank God He's been patient. But will you have God to say a good word about you when this life's over? Will God say He was a rascal down there? She wasn't much of a Christian down there. But she saved. Bring nobody with her. Lost her family. Destroyed her family. Destroyed her friends. But saved! Well, that'd be better than God saying they ain't saved. Anything'd be better than going to hell. But you see, you don't want to, you don't want to die that way. You don't want to be saved just so as by fire. You don't want the only thing God can say good about you is they were saved. Oh, you want God to be able to say other good things. And when it comes time to leave this old world, there's a lot of people leaving these days, but when it comes time to leave, you don't want to be drug across the line. You don't want to drag in. You want to have an abundant entrance into the kingdom of God. Because of the life that you've lived for the Lord. Everything, everything that Lot had good about him if you're saved this morning, you ought to have it about you and hopefully some more. Amen. Father, we come this morning. Thank You for the message, Lord, that You showed me out of Genesis 13 through chapter 19. And uh, 